between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. give you all the praise. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for your for your mercy. We thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. Father, we thank you for the provision of your life. Father, we thank you for the provision of your spirit which you have given and you have made available for our growth. Father, we thank you for this spirit which you have sent even to help us to come into all that you have designed for us, all that you have promised us. We say be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that by your mercy tonight, we'll connect your thought and your will for us in the name of Jesus. And I will pray for access tonight. Father, let there be access. Father, grant us access, O Lord that we might access your word, that we might access your life in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for how you've led us. Thank you for what you're saying currently to us. Father, we pray tonight that your spirit will be made sufficient for us again in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray, O Lord, that you will still raise us. You would bring us up. You would help us to... Take fully all that you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, as we go into the world, we ask for mercy tonight for your word. Father, help us to find all chance for your word in the name of Jesus. Father, I come under you. I come under your spirit. I ask, Lord, that you make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for abundant help tonight. Father, to connect your spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will lead me. Lead me in the word. Lead me in your thought. I ask that you will help me with meekness tonight to connect your thought and connect your will in the mighty name of Jesus. So I pray for meekness in every heart tonight. Lord, that we might be meek enough to receive your blessings tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Just say hello to your neighbor tonight. Hello, neighbor. Hello, neighbor, neighbor. I hope we're all doing good. I hope we're all doing fine. I hope the week is uh, uh, going good for each and every one of us. And I hope we're happy to see each other tonight. So greet one another with, uh, with a smile. Amen. So you're, you're not allowed to be frowning, you know. Only smiles. Amen. No, no frowning, just smiles and smiles and smiles. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you children will be joyful in the presence of God? Yes, yes sir. Mm, it says, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I thank God for what He has been doing in our midst. I thank God for for His words. I thank God for what is yet to do. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, is it possible? I don't know if this will be. But I will say, I don't, is it possible for someone to just help, help, help me with? What uh, we learned on Saturday. Amen. Amen. Anybody wants to to go forth? We we only need a Moses today. Just just a Moses. Yeah. Who need Aaron and sons? Just, just Moses. Amen. Amen. So, anybody want to just uh, quickly help us with that? It can be quick. It can be you know, short. It can be be a fast one. So, we are all free. So it's not an exam, okay? Each other's faces. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Or do, do you want us to reteach it again? No. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I, I want I want to get one thing. Why are we all? Sh- I mean, me I actually don't even remember. Like I'm actually trying to remember. That I actually don't remember. <laughs> So we are shy. Okay, so it's not that we are shy. Okay, okay. So, I mean, because I, I, I thought when we hear things, that we'll be excited to be like, oh, okay, let's. So everybody, you just, you just be shy, 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 you know. It's okay. So no, no quick, uh, so we can't remember. Thank you. I mean, if that if, if that's all we can remember, that I think I think that's good too. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Are you saying something? Yeah, just what I remember. Okay. I remember we're talking about faith. Okay. And um, uh, talking about um, I know we mentioned the. Positive faith and negative faith. I think it was the question that Joy asked. Yes. And then you explained that the negative faith 
Positive faith is the faith we have towards God and we have in God. Negative faith is the is what we call unbelief. And that's a faith against God. It's a kind of faith. That, but it is the faith against God. Mm. And when you're talking about how faith is the transporter um, to, it's what transports us to this realm where God is, where God dwells. It's mm. faith that helps us to receive from God, help us to connect to God. And I know we, we talked about Hebrews 1. Okay. And if you're mentioning how faith holds things together, faith is what glues things together. And you mentioned also that it's a substance. When you mentioned Hebrews 11, 1, it's a substance of things so far and the evidence of things unseen. And you said that substance means that it can be measured, mm -hmm. right? So it can be added to. So faith can increase. Mm -hmm. Faith can be added to and increase and then i think you said also expanding on how we can increase in faith even by being around brethren being around the community of brethren how we can increase in faith yeah. we can be our own faith can be added to by just being amongst brethren or you know i think you said um go to that scripture i can't remember the scripture where it says uh if you see I'm not sure exactly, but it's where it says you can talk to your brethren. You can say, oh, my faith in this situation or in this matter is low, but can you join your faith with mine and let us pray together to yeah. to get results, right? So, and then you're encouraging us to, to, that's another way to increase faith, that when we gather, when we are amongst brethren, it's another way to increase faith and not to seclude ourselves. From brethren, because we can never increase in faith on our own. It will take longer, you said. I think that it will take longer to increase in faith on our own, or, or like when we are among the community where there is faith and and shared, like amongst brethren. And also, you mentioned that faith is not discriminatory. It has charity. Faith loves, has love in it. It does not discriminate, and um, there's so many things that just come and don't connect them, but overall, that's you were just expanding faith, how powerful faith is. And then you made a statement, you said, God Himself is faith. Mm. You were talking about the power of faith and the, the, the economy of faith, how faith, faith is so powerful than what we actually think it is. It's not as little as we think it is. Mm. It grows and it can extend to heights, to to realms and that's it can even it gets even up to the height where God is. That's how far faith there's faith in everlasting life, there's faith in life, there's faith in eternal life. I think you mentioned that as well. And we're just like explaining and I feel like there was just like the understanding just broke of what faith is yeah. for us not to belittle what that word faith and how is our economy like Joyce said to to get things from God. Praise Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um uh one thing I, I just want to say is that God is very particular about um, our growth, right? God is very 
God is very, 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 very particular. And when it comes to growth, God is, as we God is intention about the putting up of line upon line, right? How it leads, because what, I mean, Isaiah 28, I believe, shows how God builds, right? And there's a way God builds. God, the way God builds is by laying line upon line, Amen. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Amen. Amen. Now what that means is that God wants us to be rounded. Right? So line upon line means that things that might come that must come before the other. Amen. Precept upon precept. Now and the attitude of building is here a little, there a little, here a little, there a little. So when he pours a little here, he might you know, go there and pour a little and then come back here and then you know, pour it and then go there. Amen. Amen. So what, I, what I'm trying to say is that God is very, very intentional about growth, right? And I mean, well, I guess I try, I try my best to try and just follow to, to lay line upon line just to follow God as he's leading us. Amen. I just want to want to encourage us to to give heed to an aspect of growth, and that is meditating, meditating on the word. Amen. Amen. And you know, sometimes when we don't, or when we're trying to read our Bible and we we may not even know what to read, right? That is why when we come together and we just hear the word, or the, like God helped us, right? Most especially to go through scriptures, right? Now it is it is good to after after you know, meetings messages, think about the scriptures that are read, right? The things that are said, meditate on them, right? Read your Bible, right? Read and chew, and chew, amen. Now, the reason is because when we come, right, God can make food available, right? When say when say God is feeding us, means God speaks to us, right? That means when God is feeding us, it's actually making food available. But that's not us eating it. Amen. Right? For us to eat it means we actually, it's, it's like when, when a shepherd is feeding the, the sheep, right? Then the sheep will begin to eat on the grass. Let's say the, the shepherd will take sheep to gra- a place of grasses, right? Where they can graze, right? Which means the shepherd will make food available. And then it's now up to the sheep to now begin to eat. And after eating, right, they don't just even stop there. It means after, after they eat, they chew the cord. Then they what's that thing that they call? They they keep it inside, really. Then they regurgitate, and they begin to chew. And mostly, when they chew, is in a, in, in a state of rest, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they've, they've eaten, they've eaten, they've grazed the grass. Then when they are now back, or I don't know if any of us know, know we used to rear goats uh, back home. For some of us that are from Nigeria, you know, for me, we used to rear goats, right? Then we don't have sheep. But of course, they are the same. The, the way they, they feed is almost the same, like goat, sheep, cows. 
they eat the same way. Then one thing I know that I know for sure is, well, maybe we have gone out and then I'm returning home, and I just meet our our goats and and his kids or our kids right at the gate. And what they always do is sit down as if they're enjoying life, as if they are the chairman of the whole world. And then they begin to chew, 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 and chew, and chew, and chew. Just see them chew. Ah, what are you chewing? Of course, it's what the grass they've eaten before. Then they begin to chew. Sometimes you see some, because we have a little bit, a little fence. Okay, we have fence, but around the fence, there's also a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe just an elevation, a little bit of elevation. The goats will jump on it, sit down on top there, and then as if, <laughs> as if they own the, the, the property, right? And just be enjoying life. Amen. So, we should also learn that it's very good, it's very essential, especially it's, 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 it's one of the key, key, key attitude of growth. Amen. Amen. Because, I, I, I mean, there was a time we were talking about meditating on the word, and it said, then, so on this we shall you meditate day and night. And it said, then you shall be prosperous. Amen, right? So that is, uh, I believe, Psalm 1 and also in um, Joshua, right? Because Joshua too was, God was speaking to Joshua. He said, this word of God shall not depart from your mouth, only shall you meditate day and night. Now that day and night means continuously, right? So part of, part of actually learning is the things we've heard, right? We need to actually review them, right? And then meditate on them. If there's anything that you learned, right, that came to you, think about it. Think on it. Meditate on it. Then begin to meditate from the perspective of Scripture. Amen. Now begin to, the, the Scripture that you read word for word, meditate on them, meditate on them, meditate on them. Keep meditating, keep meditating. It may seem as if you know the scripture, but just keep meditating on them. Keep thinking, keep thinking about them. Then what you notice is that over time you build an attitude. And that attitude would result in an easy flow of the Holy Spirit speaking and bringing revelations to you. It's an attitude of the life that is to come. Amen. Um... I mean, it will, it, will be, it will be difficult without help. It will be difficult for a soul to be able to move up. Now those, these things I'm talking about is actually milk, just milk, right? It's actually an attitude that we learn in milk, right? Because you notice that most of the people that we see strong in milk today, they, there are things that they do. Or they keep, right? You know, learning is very, 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 very in- like is intentional. You know that, right? I mean, the same way you, if you go to school, right? The professor will teach, 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 right? As they are teaching, you don't go back and read your your note. Don't read it all, at all. They pass the whole session, then go and write the exam. Let's see how well you pass. Unless you must, for if you pass, you must be a genius. Unless a genius must be a, a dead genius. And here's the funny thing: genius to read, 
You know that, right? Even part of part of the attitude of a genius is not that they don't. It's not that they don't. They just know. Is that is that they are they actually have a unique way of learning. Yeah. They learn very fast, and some of them, those genius, they are, they call them nerds, right? It's pretty much because they don't think about anything. Just, all the, all these things that they are teaching, they've already started thinking about it long time ago. They've learned it. They can. So even though they are geniuses, right? They are not without study. Right? It's the same way. If somebody is smart or genius, if somebody is smart, they may be able to assimilate things fast, right? But that doesn't mean that they don't study at all. It's just that they are they can they can they can take things fast. Right. And it's just like that everywhere, right? Some can take fast, some can't, right? But one thing that is common for everyone is that they study. Right? So they think on them. And most especially when you, you receive a blessing, something bless you well enough, a lot, right? One thing you should do is think about it. Now, because God has just installed something inside you that you need to work on, that you need to, to actually, what's that thing? Ah, you know, you know when you're eating bone, and then you, you finish up the meat around the bone, and then you, you will now be sucking inside, you know that bone, you, you crack the bone, then you'll be sucking the marrow. You know, when, when you do that, people look at ah, what's going on with it. It is enough. That's, that's the kind of attitude that we should have in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just thought I should you know, encourage us. And I know that it's going to help us a lot. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And um, I think I'm just going to flow from the last teaching. And... Um, uh, I will try and just give a quick recap. And I think um, my wife has helped us with most of the things that were said. Amen. Amen. And um, just to give a quick review, I think what uh, we started actually from separating what positive faith and negative faith is. But what we really, really... Okay, so we talked about negative faith being faith against God, right? Unbelief. And unbelief is also a belief in something, right? Unbelief is that you believe that faith will not work. So unbelief is a belief. Because the word self is unbelief. It's a belief, right? It's a belief against God's faith. Amen. Or is a distrust to God's way of to God's way of living. That's what unbelief is. Amen. So we began to just separate the two and we taught we taught a lot about faith. And God helped us to just excavate what faith is. Because that's basically what we're defining. We're ex- defining what faith is, right? And then we began to see how faith or how our faith can be installed in us, right? And you know, sometimes when God is defining something. Is making us to see, right? Is is opening so that our soul can capture the knowledge, the essence of it, right? So that we can use it for living, amen. amen. Now, and then, so God really, really helped us to define faith. And part of the thing that we began to see is that faith, God, when God, like from the beginning, faith is natural. Faith is not absent. Right, the way things were 
framed by faith, right? By the word of God, right? God sets faith in motion. So we began to see examples of Adam, right? Where Adam didn't need to grow in faith. Adam was already grown. Adam was a faith, was a, was living faith. He didn't need to go and learn how to increase in faith because he was a man of faith, right? He was set faith. So faith was something he has, right? Then we now began to see that faith began to, Satan began to remove faith from men, right? Because is is removing that what put things of God together in men. So Satan began to remove faith. And part of that is that you see that men were living less and less and less and less by faith. Amen. So men no longer no longer live by faith. Amen. Now what they live by is this they live by the faith that this world gives them. Right. So we see Satan's wisdom. Because how Satan began to kill faith in men, right? He began to make them to look at things that are temporal. Amen. Because the things that are temporal, they are temporal. Like the word. Right? Now, let me put it this way. He started making men to begin to look at things that is natural. Things they can see. Amen. So, and the things they can see, they are temporal, right? But the things which they could not see, right, is eternal. Amen. See, according to Second Corinthians 4, right, it says, Why we look not at the things... Wait, is it Second Corinthians 4? Oh, yes, yes. So, why we look not at the things which are seen, right? But the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, for the things which, sorry, for the things we, for the things which are not seen are eternal, right? Then I began to now explain that faith has an eternal destination, right? So faith has an eternal destination. So how Satan was killing men is to make to remove faith from them, so that they can eventually become the same way they look at the things that are temporal. They themselves will eventually become temporal. Amen. Meaning that the life strength inside them will be little. And we began to see how over from Genesis, men used to live long. Amen. But as time begins to, as time begins to you know, go, we see how Satan began to teach men, right, how to think on evil things, wickedness, right? Then removing faith in them. The men no longer seek after God, Right? They no longer call upon the name of God. We, in, in, I know, I know. We didn't read that scripture. Just something I'm seeing here is that men didn't call upon the name. You now notice that they, they, they talk about set, right? So when it was born, then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Right. So that means that in some way that signals faith being restored. Amen. So it is actually as a result of the fall that men began to lose faith, faith life. Because we ought to live by faith. Faith is the natural way to live. Right? Because we are spiritual. We are, we are spirit. Right? And a spirit is meant to interact with God, who is the father of spirit. And for that interaction to be in place, faith needs to be in, 
to be in the transaction. Amen. Amen. So what, what unites our world with God's world is faith. Amen. Amen. So it is faith that makes it possible for a man to begin to move into God's world. To begin to, so faith in the beginning was natural. It was not something that was, it was there. But because we've fallen out of life, out of God's wisdom, the way that a just should live, then we, we, are, we, we no longer have response to faith. And that is why when we get born again, then what we begin to learn when we get born again is faith. Amen. And I began to explain that when we begin to learn faith, that's what Holy Spirit in the milk of the world wants to install in his soul. Amen. Amen. So Holy Spirit, when he begins to you know, raise you, show you scripture, begin to activate scripture around you, begin to you know, help you in scripture, begin to help you pray, right? He's helping us, helping me. Uh, Holy Ghost is leading us every day, right? Those things, those things are ways for the Holy Spirit to restore faith in men. Because what God wants to see is there's a gap between us and him. Right? A huge gap. So God, who is a master builder, amen, is beginning to put things together that needs to be in place. Amen. He's beginning to put things together that needs to be in place for us to be the right kind of man that we ought to be. Amen. Amen. It is very difficult for God to give his things to a man that is abs- that, that lacks faith. Wow. Amen. Amen. In short, God can't, even, God can't give such a man his things. And it's not because God is wicked. It's just because that man would not have the capability. He does not have... Does not have what it takes to pull God's... In short, God has given it. Wow. Right? God has given... Because scripture tells us in First Peter that he has given out all things pertaining to life and godliness. Amen. Let's read it. So we read... Actually, Second Peter, sorry. Second Peter chapter 1. Uh, 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 uh. Bible. Amen. How many of us are blessed tonight? Amen. Are we ready to learn tonight? Yes, sir. We're going to learn something simple. Very simple. Amen. Amen. But hopefully we'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your help tonight. We we come before you tonight. We ask, Father, that you would help us. You would help us to release ourselves, to to receive fully all of your things, all the blessings that you have in store. All the things that you are to say to us, Father, you would help us to hear them in Jesus' name. So I read First uh, Peter chapter one, and I'm going to read 
It says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Say, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great, exceeding great and precious promises that by these, that by these, by this what? By these great and precious promises, ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. Hmm. So you see here, like I said, that we can't receive anything from God, right? Except through faith, right? Faith needs to be involved for things to flow from God to us. Amen. Is it not important for that to be in place? Okay. Let me, let me ask you. Why, why are you serving God? What's the purpose of being a Christian? Okay, maybe being a Christian is a very big question. If I ask each other, why, you, why, you, why, do, why do you love God? Why are you serving God? <laughs> Amen. I like that answer. Amen. So what do you want to partake of the divine nature? Why is it important to you? So that um, can be like God. Like God. So you have an interest to be like God. Amen. So there's something... This is what I'm asking is because there's something inside... Okay, because here's the thing. Why do you want to be like Why do I want to be like God? Why is it important? I mean, there are many people that all they do is, is just you know, eating bread and butter. You know, that people don't like, don't care about that. It's not a big deal. So, to some, it's not a big deal. So, it's not a thing they should worry about. It's a, all they want to just go to church, serve God. Not serve, serve, even long tea. Go to church, be a good person, and live their life. And that's it. Right, but there must there is something there must be something in your heart or my heart has seen where we desire God's life to partake of His divine nature. Amen. Amen. And if there is something because it's God that activated, because He said, "No one come to me except I draw them." Amen. Amen. So it means if we have come to the realization of that, then we shouldn't joke with it. Yeah. Right. Because there is, there is, 
we have realized it, right? Then the only thing to do is just to go after it. Which means if you are going to go after it, then everything about it must make sense. Everything about it must be important to the heart. So the things, that, that means that the things we need to get it, we must be ready to go after it. Amen. Amen. So it now says, it says that God has given us all things, right, here, according as his divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You now notice how, how did he give it? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So what they are really telling us here is the only way to get this life and godliness is through a knowledge. If it is true a knowledge of him who have called us to glory and virtue, then we must be ready to learn it. Because... Like I said, God has given us all things pertaining to life. But not everybody can get all things pertaining to life. It is there. But it's not something it's not something that we can just say I have it and I have it. It's not something that we can say I, I receive it by faith. I've received it. Not really. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Now, because God, God knows, or let me put it this way. The soul, or, or man that God creates, is, is a layer of things. Right? Man, man, man. Just one, one, just me. You, me. All of us. We can be divided into three. Is that not complex? To me, eh, to me, if you know that man, just man, can be divided into three, spirit, soul, body, then why, are we, why, are we, why, why do we always question that God, three, one, three? Why is God three? Everybody, everybody's confused. You, you, me, we are three. And you are one person. So why is, why is it shocking you <laughs> that you have the Godhead, you have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit? Why? It shouldn't be shocking. Can you explain how you are three? Physically, naturally. No, you can't. You have, if you are going to even understand what, what it means for you to be three, you need to go into the spirit. That knowledge, you can't, you can't get that knowledge in the natural. No. When the natural, when science is looking at man, they're just saying one person. Right? But man is three. Man is a spirit, really. That just is a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And all science is excavating is the body, the, the outward man, right? The house. All they can see is the house. For them to see beyond the house, they need, they need another knowledge, right? Which means knowledge is key. So you need, you need, if you don't have the knowledge that there is something called the soul, forget it. That's why. Science is, science is backward, though. You know why? You know they want to investigate everything. It's now they are they are trying to get to the soul realm. Because a lot it is evident that there's something beyond just the natural body. Why you see people having 
out of body experience they're trying to investigate that now that they're trying to go move into the soul realm right they don't really even have the tools to measure it what they go is by data they interview people oh you have a top okay how does your entire experience look like okay this they exp- then they interview them maybe years later to see how valid that information is they then they are comparing data right but let them actually measure it they can't right so man is three is spirit is soul his body amen now when man fell the the powerhouse which is man which is spirit man was cut short from god right but the spirit is not when it says spirit the spirit of man because i know they used to teach us this or that's what we thought that the spirit of man died right and and i believe and it's true a man died but in what way because of course he's still working on the street Right, so how did he die? So what they are trying, to, what they are explaining is that he's cut off from God. So any soul cut off from God is dead. So Satan is Satan is dead because the only thing inside him is death. He's not an, he's, he does not have life in him. All he has is just death. Death. And that, that's what he began to teach me. So when man, man died, man inherited the death in Satan. Meaning, he cut, cut man sh- short from God. Then, man's spirit began to interact with a dark light. Amen. Because a spirit works by light, right? When he said the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, right? So it's a candle. So the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. <laughs> now it says, searching all the inward part of the belly. So if the spirit is a candle, it means you can light it, right? So when he die, what do they do? They just they turn off the light, which, is, which ought to be God, God's light, and then they just turn on Satan's, right? So it's now beginning to live by the new light. So he has been living by the new light over years, over time. So he has come into death. He's dead. So that is why this scripture is talking about God has given us all the pertaining to life. Because when you are dead, what you need is to come to life. Amen. So when a soul is dead, they need to come alive. So God will now give life to the soul. But this life that they are talking about here is not something that a soul would just get to immediately you get born again. What happens when we get born again is that God turns off the light in the spirit, which Satan light, then he restores his light there. So let's say the spirit is now alive to God. Amen. So now say man is alive to God. But there's another part of man called soul. Amen. Inside the soul does not use the soul does not is not it's not something that is like a candle. The soul is not a candle. Right? Because the spirit is a candle of the Lord, right? It's a candle of the Lord. So it's is is a, a compartment that the Lord can interact with to be able to deal with man. Now if 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 the spirit is gone, forget it, because God is spirit. God can't interact with anything but spirit. So the spirit must be alive and function for God to interact with it. 
So if God wants to begin to interact with the soul of man, it needs to light up the, the spirit so it can get to the soul. So the soul is not a candle that you can turn on and off. The, the soul is a world of knowledge. Amen. The soul is a world of knowledge. The soul is, carries all the information of life. So when Satan turned off God's light in the beginning and, he began to, and man began to use his light, what happened is that that light in the spirit began to inform the soul of a new life that is not God's life. So the death in the spirit began to move into the soul of man. Amen. Now, the spirit, when you say spirit, the thing spirit means, when you hear spirit, you need to know that spirit means fast. Right? I'm not saying it means literally fast. I'm talking about the characteristics of spirit is that it is fast. The thing, the, the same way you can see an angel moving here. Right? Uh, when you go, uh, you see those, those kind of nature in Ezekiel. When you say, Ezekiel saw the angel, he said, and it, and it ran and returned. Right? Like lightning. Am, am I scaring you? <laughs> so Ezekiel saw angels. Their movement is like lightning. Meaning they are too fa- it's too fast. <laughs> so, and the angel moved and returned. And it moved and it almost immediately. The description there is that that angel, it's almost like it moved from here to here and returned in the twinkle of an eye. Before you blink, it's already, uh, what's that? what just happened? That's a spirit. Right? Then I can't remember this story. But I, I know for sure, I can't remember this, this um, angel that went to fight for Israel. That killed an angel. He killed all the, all the he killed, sorry, not the angel. The angel killed all the soldiers. Almost in an instant. And you'll be wondering, how did, how did they do it? <laughs> it's an angel. Or imagine the angel of death that went over Israel. And Egypt, right? It passed over Israel, but moved into Egypt. It's not as if you are going to each house and knocking on the door. Hello, how are you? Almost, I'm pretty sure it, it happened almost instantly. Yeah. <laughs> all of them dead. Then what happened? Ah, yeah. oh, the Lord. As, as somebody is crying here, somebody is crying there. Somebody is crying there. So it's not like ah, they are crying there. Oh, let me wait. Oh, ah, it has happened here again. Oh. Almost everywhere, instantly. So just there, yeah, 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 everywhere. <laughs> Amen. So the nature of spirit is that a spirit is the speed, right? So things can happen fast in the spirit, almost instantly. But that's not for the soul. Because you notice in scripture, check it, take your time, read through it with just the mind that you want to see what, oh, well, time has gone. You want to see, want to see what the scripture talks about. Oh, oh, I have not said it, so let me say it. Go through the scriptures and see, you'll notice that what they talk about is knowledge, 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 knowledge. There's a, each time you see knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge. In short, look at all the epistles. What opened them up is grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God. In the knowledge, in the, now this Peter, if we read verse one, you notice it says, 
have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Okay, that's that, Abby. Now, let's go to Peter 1. Right? Peter 1 says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and the Bithynia, verse 2 says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit and unto obedience and speaking of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Right? Say, so, blessed be God of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his mind, application again to his. Okay. Now, you notice that this prayer, grace unto you and peace be multiplied, is the same thing they say here in Second Peter that says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Of course, this thing is saying is the same, right? Now, if I go to. Let's go to um, let's go let's go to James. That's just before Peter. It says James, a servant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's James one. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into knowing this that uh, okay. Blah blah, blah blah blah. If anyone you like wisdom, let us go. Okay, okay. Blah, blah, blah 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 blah. Then you move further. Ah. Now, when you read it, because I don't have time, because it's, it didn't say specifically, right? Talking about grace and peace here, but it is. If let, let me see. Let's James. Okay, now, ah, alright, I don't think I can put, I can read all this, but if I quickly just read verse 21, it says, Wherefore lay apart all fitness by fitness of nothingness, and see with me can engraft the word of God, which is able to save your soul. It says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers, only deceiving your own self. Now, this, in a way, inferred an interaction with the kind of knowledge, right? So, receive with meekness the engrafted word. So, for what purpose will you receive the word? Well, of course, it's because you want to learn. The reason why you hear word, right, is for the purpose of passing across an information. Now, if I'm talking to you now, I'm giving you word, right? For you to receive my word means you need to understand what I'm saying, right? Now, speaking is a way to... Our speaking word is a way to confer or speak of a knowledge, to give a knowledge. Now, when you read James, just see what, what, what's, what's the body around it. You see, it's, it's trying to tell you that there's something you need to learn, right? Now, let's go, if you now, if you now go to Ephesians, you go to Corinthians, you see all this. I know John didn't really say that much about knowledge, but when you begin to now, John's John's letter alone on his own is it's, it's not it's not talking about you go on. It's already talking about okay, you are you are learners already. Okay, you learners now. You, you, <laughs> so you learners 
that I've learned up to this. Like, you, you can't, you can just go through the things. You notice that, okay, Peter said it. Um, Wills, there's a lot. I know it's, it's not only Peter, I know there's a couple. Where's other? The James, okay, James didn't say that. John, let me see if Jude say. Uh, okay, you see in Jude, because the way they greet is mercy and peace, mercy and grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace all the time. So Jude says, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, say mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. It's the same thing they are praying for. Even though they may not say in the knowledge, but all they are talking about is still because Peter is the one that tells us that it is true the knowledge. Amen. But you notice that grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace is what you begin to see, what opens almost all of the episodes. Almost, almost all of them. Not all of them. Almost all. Amen. Amen. Mm. No, epistles, 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 epistles. Amen. Amen. If you read Corinthians in verse 3, it says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? They are also talking about grace and peace there. Amen. Ephesians, eh? Where is it? Let me read Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, that's chapter 1, says, Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ. It says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? And I say, Blessed be God. Then if you move to Philippians, it says, Paul and Timothy, the servant of Jesus Christ, to all the saints, to John, blah, 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 blah. And I say, verse 2, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus. You see, then if you move to Colossians, I don't know if they said that there, but I mean, you've seen it there, it's almost everywhere. Say, Paul and Apostle Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are close, say, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This grace and peace that they're talking about is in Peter, it will settle. That he said, Grace and peace be multi. What they're actually praying for is the multiplication. I said, Grace and peace to you, grace and peace to you. What they actually is actually a prayer, right? Which is grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God, right? That's I go back to Second Peter, right? It's a true. The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And you notice earlier what they say grace from God and Jesus. Grace and Jesus our Lord. What they are really talking about is two things you have to learn. God, Lord, Jesus the Lord. Right? So, and these things you can't get them except by knowledge. Right? Through the knowledge. So the soul. Is a world of knowledge. Today is not a day to actually talk about this grace and peace because this grace and peace actually is also a, is a key aspect of growth because grace and peace is not something that 
a newborn babe knows. A, a newborn babe drinking milk does not deal with grace and peace. In through the knowledge, they can have grace, right? In different aspects, like let me say, I have grace to prophesy. I have grace. No, no, not grace to prophesy. It's gift to prophesy. Let's say I have grace to to serve. I have grace mm-hmm. because what grace is is grace is what makes things flow, easy flow. Grace is the ability is to, is the enabler, right? Right. So grace. So you can you can see some level of grace, right? As a newborn babe. Why? You can have grace to sing. You can have grace to 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 preach. You can have grace to. What else do we have grace for? You can have grace to pray. In short, all of us have experienced grace. You know, when the when the spirit of prayer is up, I mean, something just ah, I want to pray, and I just find strength that you're able to pray. You just keep praying and keep praying, and you just prayed about something. You prayed well. It's grace that was flowing, right? So you can enjoy some measure of grace in that regard. So you can see how grace can make some things available to you easily. You can easily access things, right? But this grace and peace that they are talking about is through the knowledge, which means there will be a, an easy flow of knowledge to you, right? Now, that, that aspect is for the soul. The spirit already knows. The soul does not. So the area of the soul, Iman, is an aspect, or let me say, is a world of knowledge. So how they deal with that aspect of a man is true knowledge. Amen. And that's one thing about the soul, that soul, for us, soul is a powerhouse. In the sense, well, the spirit is the powerhouse, but I mean, where we interact with most of the time is the soul. Because the soul is the go-between. What I'm putting is the soul is the Elijah of man. Now, what I mean by that is, it is the one that returns the father, the son to the father, and father to the son. <laughs> what I mean by that is this: it is the soul that interacts with the spirit of man, and then pass across the information to the body. Then the body carries it out. So, our intellect, our emotions, is, is actually is a is a soul faculty. Emotions, intellect. Um, what else? I think feelings. Well, that's emotions too. Feelings, things like that. All those things, they are they are part of so. And those things, when you notice, when you look at those things, they are a they are a body of knowledge. How your emotion is based on what you know, right? I feel this way. Why? Because there's a knowledge at play. Okay. When somebody feels they have been disrespected by age, let's say somebody older is disrespected by somebody younger. The reason why they feel disrespected is because there's a knowledge in them that already already, uh, says once you are older, you should be respected. If that soul does not have that knowledge, and somebody younger deserves they will have they will have no response. Yeah. Or will they? No, absolutely no response. Right? So when you are getting angry, it's as a result of a knowledge. Wow. Right? Why? 
they shouldn't treat me this way. It's because you are aware of the knowledge how you should be treated in a certain way. You get what I mean? So, the soul is a world of knowledge. And Satan has installed so many knowledge in there. So many things. Satan installed righteousnesses inside the soul. Knowledge that we, are, we, we agree with that is right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us want me to continue? Or should I? Should we we end it tonight? Because time has gone. And I've not even reached halfway. (laughs) Amen. 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 I've I've surrendered to God that I will not be in a rush again. And I don't want to be in a rush. And because I noticed that when I'm in a rush... I don't, I don't, I don't hear where. I don't want to be in a rush. I want to take time to explain these things so that we understand them. Amen. Amen. So the soul is a world of knowledge. Amen. Amen. So th- when you have your soul, or let me say you as a person, sometimes it is very, it's, we can confuse and that's because we've not grown. We can confuse the spirit with the soul. Because the soul, in a way, sometimes behaves like the spirit, but it's not the spirit. That's why some of us can misjudge things. Right? And here's the reason there's a whole lot of information, knowledge, things that ought to be installed in soul for us to function properly. Right now, we are not functioning in, in an optimum state, we are below standard. So which means that, and that is why we all should be careful in the sense that when you are interacting with people and you don't have all the knowledge, it, it is very wrong to act based on, you might have, you know, there are ways maybe somebody do something and you may have your suspicion. Sometimes we take suspicion as fact. It is, to have suspicion is totally okay. Right? But the problem is when you're not acting on it as fact. It's mm. Satan that, that taught us how to behave that way. And you notice, when you don't have the picture, there should be refrain. There should be refrain. You might have suspicions, right? You might have guesses. But there should be refrain that, okay, okay. There, you should always think there could be a chance. What I'm thinking is not necessarily what is going on. But of course, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying just trade away your you know, suspicion. But, but that would at least help to, you know, get details, get clarify. If we do this, eh, we will grow a lot in the sense that yes, there, are, there are many things we won't fight people for. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right? Yes, sir. It also, it, that, that attitude also puts us in a, in a good place. Uh, the simple statement or the simple scripture for that is, today that are pure, all things are pure. So that simple statement talks about a whole lot of things. Pastor, today that are pure, all things are pure. Now, the reason why, the reason why you are always suspect, you are always, is because something is not pure inside. Yes, sir. 
I'm not saying that, for example, let's say somebody actually intentionally wanted to do something bad to you. But you, if you are pure, you may not, you may not, you may not even see it. Somebody is doing evil, but you, you are not even seeing it. And God will not be angry at you. In short, it's actually a good place to be. Mm. But if somebody is doing and you're always, that person is an evil person. Every single time. Then you're already uh, suspecting them. Before they do something, you're already, I don't trust this person. Right? So sometimes we, we may think, because somebody may be unpure, we, we can start suspecting, oh, wow, thank God I don't even... You might even feel all this people talking to you. Thank God I don't even talk to that person. Ah! It's always like that. Here's the thing. You, you, are, you, you can yeah. be in control. Mm. Because what defiles a man is not necessarily what, what you see outside. It's what comes out of a man that defiles a man. Having that understanding, you know that it is easy. or Not that it is easy. It, you, there's a... You, things external... Don't always have to decide what your response or reaction would be. Yeah. Amen. But because of that, let me move forward. So the the world the the world of, 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 of man, like that soul aspect of man, or what we call the inward man, is a man of knowledge. It is because of that man that they wrote the episode. And that's it. If you don't have a soul, you don't need this. If you don't have a soul, you don't need scripture. Because they need a way to get through the soul. And God will not just come down, just lay hands on you and say, receive all the knowledge. <laughs> My son, take the knowledge. And then all of a sudden, you know it all at once. It's not, you know, God won't do that. God, God does not break laws. No many people is angry at God that why don't we just God, God, God doesn't break laws. No, he doesn't. He has already there are things that are already set in motion. God won't break it. God won't. He won't. If God needs to break a law, then somebody must allow him to do it. And it's not necessarily God and, and here's the truth God does not break laws. God walks with them. <laughs> Excuse me. Amen. So when maybe somebody is praying, Lord, deliver me from this accident, and, <coughs> excuse me, and let's say a car is coming, and maybe there's going to be an, a head-on collision, and all of a sudden the car entered the trailer and then came out on the other side, and, oh, wow, what is a miracle? God didn't break long. God just, introduced, God just elevated the car into another law. So God moved the car into a spiritual law. Why? Because it's a law in the spirit that will allow you to pass through things. Yeah. I mean, no, in the spirit, there's no boundary. No, there's no boundary. no, in, the, no in the spirit, there's no winter. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's winter, but I mean, an angel can be outside in the snow. Nothing is happening. Why? Nature does not touch. <laughs> nature doesn't touch angels. But angels can move nature can control nature like 
the angel in Revelation where is the that want that uh, no, the four angels that were holding the four winds of the earth said, "Old, see that you don't don't hurt. Let us seal the servant of God." So those angels decided, "Okay, no, we will hold the wind. We will not hurt the earth." Yeah. Right? Yeah. Imagine when Israel was about to cross the Red Sea. You know what? What? what do you know what opened the Red Sea? It's an east wind. It's a wind. What do you think that wind is? Mm. Just a natural wind. An angel had power over the wind. That can allow the wind to blow in such a way that it will part the sea. And keep it in a... I mean, a scientist would tell you that for that to happen, you must have a constant flow. A, that thing must be... That you, can't, you can't have something that just by mistake blow and they open. No, it's not. It is intentional and deliberate. So those things, an angel has power over the air. Right? So God just maybe God just elevated the law in the car, okay. Because and the reason is because somebody already prayed for it, right? Allow okay, God allow, I want you to intervene. Then God can step in. And so the same way we can call Satan. You don't know you can call Satan. But I mean it's not really Satan because Satan can't be everywhere all the time. I mean you can you can call it demons and spirit. The same way you can call God, angel, God help me, and you can. How do you call evil spirit? By allowing, the, by allowing their life. Mm. Wow. Maybe you are suspecting somebody, then you allow the suspicion yeah. to grow. You are, all you are doing is just you are hugging a spirit, kissing the spirit. Hey, please keep telling me what, keep keep instructing me, keep allowing me. Then you keep thinking. You notice that you almost have no control in that. You just keep thinking the direction. If you want to understand how spirit work, I'm just giving you a small expo. I know sometimes it happens that we can't just control, we still do it. It's okay. Just know that it's just a spiritual hugging and kissing. Very simple. Amen. So, when things like that happen, or maybe you know somebody did something and you are getting, I mean, it's so, you know, anger is an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, some people used to get angry that they are angry, right? Anger is an emotion, right? But the issue here is when you allow anger to begin to move things, to begin to allow things to flow, then ah, we have issue. How? Because when anger is at work, it's actually your own righteousness that is at work. Right? Because for anger to even come out at work in the first place is because there is a righteousness in you that has been violated. Or as simple as this. The, this cup must always be placed at the center table. If somebody did not place it there, you know you can get angry because of that. But wh- whose law is that? It's your own. It's not God's law. <laughs> it's your own righteousness. It's not God's. And that can turn into something else. Right? So, now... Anger, just when you get, you can get angry without acting on the anger. It's possible. That thing. Then, do not use your wrath because the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. Don't use your wrath. Allow Holy Ghost to give room. Me too, I'm still learning that thing. Amen. Amen. Let, let Holy Ghost just, just allow 
Holy Ghost to breathe upon things. Allow you to. I mean, you can think, okay, the way you are thinking may not be the way things are. Or the way you think things. You know, imagine what usually get things more serious is, for example, you thought that you have, you've had suspicion. And then, somebody, and then you now combine your suspicion with what the person did. Yes, sir. And then begin to continue. Yeah. And just forget it. It's like you're pushing a truck. Just know you're pushing a truck down a hill. Do you know what you need for that truck to start moving fast? Just push it small. It's almost as like if it's just going to be going on a free fall. It will start slow. Then as the car journeys, it will, it will gather speed. That's almost the way things could, could move when it comes to um, no anger and then interacting with people. Anger, anger also is a knowledge. Amen. Ah, tight. Amen. Okay, how did I get to anger here? Yeah. I'm talking about um, the soul, eh? So now let's go back to the soul. And then it says... The soul, I think, I think what I've been explaining for the past how many minutes is that to explain that the soul is a, is a world of knowledge, right? And there are, there's, there are knowledges inside that soul that Satan has already installed. Things that we ourselves don't even know. Righteousnesses that Satan has installed in the soul, which is not the righteousness of God. Those are the things they wrote these epistles for. So that they can remove those things. You know, notice in Colossians, they start talking to them about be, be, beware lest any man spoil you. Right? With you know what? Rudiments, philosophies. You know, see, see all those things. They are knowledge aspect. Philosophy is, a love, is a, philosophy is love for wisdom. Philio, Sophie. Right? Feel. Filio is love. Sophie is pretty much knowledge or wisdom. It's love. Sophie is wisdom, probably. It's a love for wisdom. So some people like to be wise. Have you have you have you taken philosophy course in school? I took philosophy. Philosophy, when you take that course, you feel as if you are wise. You are not. <laughs> That's the truth. The way they were teaching us premises, that, that oh, when I look at that course. If you take that course, imagine just that, it's just one or because as, as it's a prerequisite, so I just take one philosophy course. I'm now thinking of people that actually took philosophy as their entire degree. Okay, have you, do, do, do you know anybody that took philosophy here? That studies philosophy? Go and find one person. Just find one, I'm not saying you guys do it actually, I'm just saying, if you find one person that studied philosophy, see the way they talk, see the way they reason. Those are the people that have more tendency to hate God. They have more tendency to it. I mean, of course, everybody have that tendency, but just that profession alone. In short, even my even my teacher, my teacher, that year, I know that this guy does not love God. He even made us to work on one essay, whether God exists or not. Can you imagine? And I know that one is not into the educational curriculum. It's yeah. his own personal thing. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not that okay. In the course, make sure you make people. It's his own thing. He just decided to give us that. Okay, let's see what people will say. But I know he does not like God. 
because it was clear. It was just clear the way the guy was going. That's why feeling is another class. Like this guy, this guy hates God, <laughs> and he's now making us to write write premises. Why there's God? So you can choose your own. So what that God? Like, this guy, this guy. What is on side? God does not exist. I said this guy hates God. And it's almost as if he's trying to make a statement to all of us that believe there's a God to start rethinking. So you think in his heart there's a oh, he's an evil man. He's a very he's a very, very evil man. Why? He's like Nimrod. Hey. He wants to win men from <laughs> what is the different thing? You don't like God. You don't you know you don't trust God. It's okay. You don't you can even tell me you don't like God, it's fine. But why are you trying to win me from God? Why are you trying to change my belief? Amen. But let me quickly move forward because of time. Because of time. So that's philosophy. Long for knowledge, right? And philosophy makes people think they are wise. Yeah. But it's the wisdom of this world. It's, and it's, not, it's total, absolute foolishness. Yeah. And funny enough, when I studied that course, in a way, you know, that time I was, a, I, was I didn't have brain shower, but you know, that was a long time ago. In a way, I felt wise a little. But it's not as if I went about telling everybody, oh, I'm wise. But it's just, it's just something that was installed in me as if I'm wise. Because of, oh. So when you are talking, well, I know this is your premise. This is your premise. This is your conclusion. Premise, conclusion. But you know what? This premise does not, you know, those kind of argument. What's that? Eh? They're trying to make you think, yeah, it's foolishness. Anyways, move on. Remember of this word, tradition of men. You know, all these things are things that are based on knowledge. And it's not something you can just remove from a soul. So the same, and those things, philosophy, tradition of men, rudiment of this world, right? Those are things Satan used generations to teach men. He has been, te- do you know how long he has been teaching men? Well, we know about 2000, but I'm pretty sure it's more than 2000 years. Well, we know that this is 2000 after now, it's 2000 after after death. I don't even know how great that time is, but anyways, it's 2023 after the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. I imagine if he's, he's dead, is enough to change time and calendar, anyways. And you know, notice they were talking before death, AD after death, before death, is it B, 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 BC before Christ, right? Before Christ, after death. Uh, ah, God, ah, it's good. Eh? It changed time. Anyways, but you see how, you see how over over generations since Adam, Satan has been teaching men philosophy, rudiment of this world, tradition of men. Yeah? Part of that is carrying men and throwing them onto idols. Ah, ah! Dump idols, 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 evil. How you know is is very simple. Just go. How many? How many of us? Ah. Okay, okay. I know I'm Yoruba. I know there are some Yoruba people here. I know some people here that are not Yoruba. Just go into your history. Check your junior. Check. Far, 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 far. Of course, I mean we all know now. We are all idol worshippers. Before Christianity came, and you no, know, today I even saw a, a video about people arguing about Christianity. And they were angry about the people that brought it, that they were col- col- colonizing us and bringing that. How can we trust? I'm like, they are not the same people. And I don't know how Satan has given that so much lie. I mean, too, before I used to believe that, that 
It is the white people, yeah. the colonizers that brought the gospel. They are not the same people. What people that brought the gospel is they are white. Yeah. The people that brought the colonizers are white, but they are not the same people. Mm-hmm. They all they all came differently. And if somebody can be angry at that, then I'll ask you, do you have good people in your, well, in the natural sense, do you have good people in your, in your, in your, in your community? Yes. Do you have bad people? Yes. So why are you angry? It's the way the world is. You have good, bad, that. I mean, so it's not a matter of whether it's white or black. No. It's just you have bad people. But the people that brought the gospel, they lost their life. Mosquito by them they died and you are saying you are saying they have an intention to colonize. No, they are not the same people. You know, they don't have malaria. Pa, pa, kill them. That's why they are afraid of malaria. If you have malaria yeah. here in this land, they force of all go and isolate you now as if as if you've had Ebola. But back to, back back in Nigeria, mosquito is like biscuits. What's there? Ah, malaria. Oh, okay. Just take a mala, you are fine. Hmm? Amen. So, let me move forward. So, you see all these things that say, be well as any man beguile you, right? Philosophy, remains of this world. Those are knowledge areas. So, the, the scripture, right? Although the scripture is to cater for spirit, soul, and body. Because in scripture, they made us aware of the spirit aspect of man, the body aspect. But most importantly, what the work is with the gospel is in the soul. Because that's the powerhouse. Because if you can get the soul, you can get the body. That's it. Be short, the body is a slave to the soul. Amen. Although Satan has also installed some things in the body. Because what you are fighting is both things in the body and in the soul. Because sometimes, when you want to do something that you shouldn't do, what, or especially when your body is moving, mm-hmm. Satan does not allow you to think because once you think, you won't be able to stop. Although that thing is still part of the soul that flows into the body. But when you see it working, it's in the body. For example, when, let's say a guy and a girl, they want to kiss and they are alone. Ah, let me kiss. They are thinking, I should not kiss this guy. Let me kiss. I should not kiss this guy. You notice that most likely the person may not. But when Satan has done enough work for that person not to think, all they keep thinking is, ah, I know it's not good, but I want to kiss this guy. I want to, I want to. eventually to happen. Why? Because Satan is blocking that soul from, from accessing the knowledge in the soul. So just, just move by your body. Yeah. But God wants us to put both the spirit, soul, and body under. Yeah. Or let me put it this way the soul. And the body should come under the spirit. Because every single time, the spirit is speaking and saying, follow me. I mean, I was wanted to do something. And we start as if something is saying, no, don't go there. Of course, we say, Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes, it's just your spirit. Of course, Holy Ghost would, can use your spirit to speak to you. It's not all the time that Holy Spirit is saying, don't do it. Because of the light in your spirit. Right? The Spirit is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the, it searches all the inward parts. What knoweth the Spirit of man except the Spirit of man? What knoweth man except the Spirit of man? Right? So sometimes, because there's a, there's a light in the soul, there's a knowledge in the soul, oh, sorry, the Spirit, the Spirit can sometimes tell you, I'm not there. Oh. 
See that thing you are about, I'm not there. Yeah. Okay. I know Pastor TJ, they used to talk, that, they gave that example, and I, and, I, and I understood it perfectly. Because it made perfect sense. Because when you're about to do something, you know, you're about to do it. Yeah. And then your spirit is already saying, mm. it's, like, it's like you are wrestling. Mm-hmm. Your spirit is already, what your spirit is telling you is, I'm not there. See that place? <laughs> See that place you are going, I'm not going there. Right? And that is why it is very important for us to be sensitive in our spirit. So that we can hear. We can hear what the spirit is saying. Amen. What what our there are some there when you get born again, the reason for adding faith, for making you to receive faith is to restore some of those workings. When you are growing in faith, you notice that you begin to be a lot more sensitive about your spirit. You can get, in, you can read the voice of your spirit. Sometimes you can pick things way before Holy Ghost even tell you. And it's so funny that sometimes, eh, typical example, sometimes, sometimes my spirit can inform me about something. It's, I know well, it's still the Holy Spirit, like I said, but it's just. But it's really your spirit. Right? Because Holy Ghost has put a lot of information in there. Sometimes just instruct me. Maybe I forgot my wallet. Your wallet. Sometimes, sometimes you won't tell me it's my wallet. You just say, you're not wearing gloves. And it's just my spirit speaking it. Try to tell me something. But the real thing, the real, real, real thing is that I forgot my wallet. So you, you, you didn't have your... I don't know. For me, Today, I still wonder why. Why don't you just tell me you forgot your wallet? <laughs> it's almost common. Every single time, when I now go and look for the glove, and I realize, oh, my wallet. And because it's almost as if they are side by side. But they won't tell me, is, uh, now what's he trying to do? He's also trying to train me to yield to the voice of my spirit. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Yield, yield, yield to the voice of the spirit. So sometimes randomly, I may forgot. If I just remember, oh, I forgot something, I'll go back and pick it. And when I go back, it may not be anything, but I just, I just, I just, I just be sensitive to it because, because sometimes how I learned that lesson, but sometimes like my glove, I'll, I'll just rationalize it. Would have done that bad? No, I can't do without it. Then I now drive, and I reach where I'm going. I realize, oh, I have my wallet. When I come back. And I found where my glove is, and I look at my wallet, and I see that, ah! I'm like, Holy Spirit, why? You did it again. Why? Why? Right? Also part of the training. It's part of, all these things are actually part of learning faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. So just because of time, let me move forward. That the soul, ah, I don't know why I spent a lot of time in this area. I guess it's good. The soul is a world of knowledge. What is, what is inside your soul? And knowledges which translates to righteousnesses, and that's what heaven wants to deal with. That's what the epistle wants to remove. Amen. So it says here, according as he did his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So, like I said, where I started from is that. He has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He has given us. According as his divine power has given us. Right? All things pertaining to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory. So it's true knowledge 
These things are given. That tells us that if you don't come to the knowledge of it, you can't really receive it. Because it is given to you through the knowledge. So how it is given is true knowledge. But most of us, we quote this scripture because he has given us all, but we forget how he gave it. That it is true knowledge. Right? It is true knowledge that he gave it. So whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by this you might be partakers of this divine nature. Now, Pao Mahato Fair, right? Partakers of divine nature is talking about actually receiving the divine power. Amen. Amen. So now says that we're by giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. Amen. Do you know that the reason why the great and precious promises are given is because of the soul? Amen. Amen. Why? Because they need to anchor the soul. That's how the soul, that's just the nature of the soul. A soul must be anchored. If a soul is not anchored, what, what you begin to see is the soul will not have anything to live for. Check anybody that wants to commit suicide. That soul is not anchored. Mm. Yes, sir. That's the easiest way to see it. Yeah. Anybody that wants to commit suicide, that soul is not anchored. Or it is anchored on the temporal. If, if, a, if a soul is anchored on that which is temporal, don't worry, you will die. It's that simple. Because it is temporal. So, and here's the funny thing. Soul is slow, but it's also fast. Just not as fast as the spirit. How? When you give something to the soul, the soul has the ability to look into it. Take that thing, pieces it out. Yeah. Extract the joy out of it. And then use it. And if that kind of joy is not a lasting joy, ah, sorrow will quickly engulf that soul. Especially if that soul has no other anchor. Yeah. That is why when you buy a phone, you'll be temporarily happy. <laughs> it's true. I'm not lying. <laughs> will you be happy that you got a new... You know, there's just something about getting something new that excites the soul. That's to, that's to tell you something that the soul, the soul enjoys newness. And the only newness that is given to the soul is Christ. Because we say in newness of life. Right? We enjoy newness of life. Then we also hear renewing of the mind. You see, renew is a new thing. Right? Say so by the new and living way. Right? Consecrated for us, Christ, right? Yeah. By it, that is his flesh. That right? is the, the new and living way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So you're not talking about, therefore, put off the old man. Right? Yeah. And what? Talk about taking on the new man. Why? Because that new man is the, is, is the design, is the, is the inheritance of the soul. Because the soul loves newness, yeah. new things. Just that because we are, we are turned upside down, our head is upside down, the new things we enjoy are temporal. So, and that is why you notice that people's joy is tied to temporal things. Because we can't see something better. Everybody's hope is tied to some certain, some certain new things. How? New job. 
new house, new car, new home. That's the same thing. New, new, what else? New phone, new pencil, new ruler, new TV, new shoe, new cloth. Okay, now, I know guys, well, some guys are happy, but for ladies, I know you guys love clothes, Abby. How many of us are happy? How many of you are happy when you buy new clothes? Ah, you're happy, Abby. Now, don't be afraid, though. It's, I mean, buying new clothes, there's nothing wrong about it. Right. But once you just buy those things, finish. Please, tell me, which one of them makes you happy forever? <laughs> but, 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 you can be happy for a, but for a moment, you can be happy until you wear it the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes, After that first time you wear that thing, uh, you see you have the soul has taken the joy as as all the bone, the marrow inside the bone of the as sucked it finish. What you now have after that is ah, what's the word I want to use? Recurring joy. Sorry, it's, it's not recurring joy. Is because recurring means it's always coming back. Is What's that thing that is only once in a while? Maybe you, maybe next time you wear it, and then people now compliment. Oh, that's very beautiful. Ah, thank you. That joy will return for just a moment and then disappear again. Wow. But that's your that's your own initial joy that you have when you just got it. Awesome! The first time you wear it, oh, it has gone. If it's a new car, you also got just just drive the car. I mean, of course, that one does not that one does not go away very fast. No, maybe a week. It, it two weeks, maybe at max a month. After a month, it's not. It's just normal. <laughs> maybe the first week. Oh, oh thank God, this also. After a month, it's just normal. It's like okay, just oh my car, <laughs> no joy, no theater of it. It's just a car, right? That's 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 the soul for you. And like I said, faith has an eternal destination, right? That's because in the soul. The soul also has... Now, here's, here's, here's what I put. The soul, the fabric they used to make the soul is actually an eternal fabric. Now, this is what it means. It means that you can stretch the soul eh, in an everlasting manner. You can stretch it. You can keep stretching, you can keep stretching, you can keep stretching. Which means that things that the soul can contain are actually eternal things. So when you give it something small that can just stretch it like this, tiny minute, you just, like, what's this? Use it, suck it, devour it, it's gone. The only thing that can truly satisfy the soul, means something that can fill the soul, is our eternal things. And they say, what shall it profit a man? To gain this old world and lose his soul. That will tell you something, that this old, see, this old world is nothing to the soul. The soul can chew up this word, suck it, and finish it in the two of an eye. It's nothing to the soul. What would mean something to the soul are eternal things. Ah! Mm. Oh! I have to round up. I think we've tried. Amen. Amen. They are eternal things. And that is why they gave us the epistle. Amen. Amen. So, all things given to us pertaining to life and godliness, right, is not something we can easily come to because it has to come through knowledge. But when we get born again and we begin to learn milk, 
we've not come, we are not actually learning the knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue. What we are learning is Holy Ghost. That's what we're learning. Just learning Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Learning Holy Spirit. Working with the Spirit. And, and the reason for learning Holy Spirit is not to know the knowledge of Him. It is actually to restore faith in the soul. You know, like I said, faith has been depleted from man. So God, who is a master builder, he needs to raise the soul back to the capability to learn him. So, when we get born again, we don't have the capability to learn the person of God. What they give us is just a measure of knowledge. You know, we, we can perce- our soul can perceive this person say, ah! But, and you know, notice that when you get born again, you can have two kind of Christians. One, that's always crying, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. Desperate people do desperate things. We want more, more, Lord. Gotta be more, gotta be more. Gotta be more, Lord. Desperate people do desperate things. So we, what's that? So we're pressing in. There's gotta be more, gotta be more, gotta be more than this. <laughs> you gotta be more than this. That, that's, that is a cry of someone that wants to move further. Yes. It's so much journey to that place where they begin to ask for that. That, that's actually, that, that song is a sign of God calling a soul. That is what it means that no one comes except he's drawn. But that we want more, more, Lord, is not for more anointing. It's not for more, more of healing the sick, more of raising the dead. It's not for more of that. It is more of God. Now, people can misinterpret that more of God. They can interpret it as more of God for to do things. More of God to heal the sick. More of God to raise the dead. Right? But that is not really the more the soul is asking for. When the soul begins to ask for more, what it's actually asking for is life and godliness. So what he's asking for is life. So that soul is now is going to start learning what life and godliness is. Amen. 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 So that is when that soul begins to come into the realization of the promises. Right? That exceeding great and precious promises. See, let me ask you. When you read this, it has given us exceeding great and precious promises. What does that what does that look like when you read it? What does that look to you? Oh. Ah, it's not that they're talking about okay, let's go back to five years ago. What do you think great and precious promises look like? Everything. Uh-huh. Now we are talking. Eh? Good things. I mean, I, I, does anybody when you read this? I mean I said what I read it, great and precious promises. The only thing I can see is a good life. More money. Yes. God will make me rich. 
Yes, I got. I don't, I don't see anything pertaining to life, eternal life here. No, I did not. Right? But that tells us something, right? That these precious, great and precious promises are the things designed for us to look for. Those are the things we ought to come to. Now, God has given us a promise, right? And those, and we ought to come into the realization of those promises. But when we are in milk, we can't realize promise yet. They're just getting us ready for the promise. So that is why part of the work of the Holy Ghost is to make sure that they bombard the soul with faith. Why? They are trying to raise that soul up. They are trying to make that soul alive to the world of God. Where they can then begin to pull down resources for realization of promises. Why? God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. But you don't get all things by just claiming it. You have, he has given it, you have to receive it. So you have to receive what God has given. Amen. We need to receive all things. And then you now begin to see in Peter chapter 1, when it says, Simon Peter is servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith. Like precious faith. See this faith here? It's not the same one Holy Ghost is teaching us. Like precious faith. Like precious. I said the word precious. When you see that word precious eh, in scripture, you should know it's not just ordinary. That they are talking about precious promises. Right? So, precious faith is for precious promises. Amen? So, this precious, I mean, ah, oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus. So, it's only this passage we read today, Abby. Ah, it's like we are just getting into the, the nitty gritty. I didn't read. Ah, and today is Tuesday. Oh, I should have read more scriptures, eh? Praise God. To them that have obtained like precious faith. True. With us. The like precious faith with us. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That's how they got the precious faith. Which is the righteousness of God. And you don't get into this righteousness of God if you've not come into the knowledge of Him that has called you to glory and virtue. If you've not learned that thing pertaining to life. Now, it is actually in the path of life and goodness that you actually come into precious faith. So, precious faith, right, is what comes after you have learned faith that the Holy Spirit, in the week of the Word, is going to teach you. And that's why you should, so you should enjoy milk well. Yes, you should need that, need that faith to be built in you. Yes, Amen. Now, what that faith is called is called faith towards God. Now, let's read Hebrews 1. And I think I'll still go back to this second Peter, maybe on Saturday, but I don't think I have fully, fully unnessed this thing. Amen. Amen. So, Hebrews 1, uh, at least God helped us to actually define that aspect of the soul today. Amen. 
Hebrews 1. Ah, not 1, actually. It is Hebrews... Huh? Wait, wait, wait. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. Yes. Alright. I'm trying to get my thoughts. Hebrews 6. So Hebrews 6, verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Amen. Amen. You notice here, it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So, milk is the principle of the doctrine of Christ because here, Paul is trying to tell the individual, let us move on to perfection. So what are they moving on from is the principles. So that's why I said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So I'm not going to read further than verse 1, right? But verse 2 and verse 3 actually talks about everything else that surrounds the principle, right? It talks about the doctrine of baptism, laying on of hand, or resurrection of the dead and of the eternal judgment. This will do God permit right? But in verse 1 it says, let's not lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So these things are foundations, Whoa. right? The foundation of the laying of laying of hands. So not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith. So there's the foundation of repentance. There's the foundation of faith towards God. See all these foundations are they are foundational things that only God wants to install in the soul when you are growing. So when you get born again. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. You begin to learn things. You learn laying on of hands. You learn, okay, you must be baptized. Then you know, oh, you must be, you must have faith towards God. Now, Holy Ghost will now stress faith towards God. It's almost as if faith towards God is what encapsulates the rest. It says faith towards God. What does faith towards God do? It's to install inside you the ability to pull things from God's world. So, now here's what here's what's happened. See that statement in Genesis. Let me quickly read it. Because of time. And in the next two, three minutes, I'll be, de- I'll be done. I just want to hinge this on something here. So in Genesis chapter 4, I believe. And the in, in verse... Verse 26. It says, When they gave birth to Seth. And it said... And to set to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Right? So then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. This is almost as if there's a it's as if men fell from faith towards God. Right? Then men began to call upon the name. So for what makes men to call upon the name is that faith towards God is restored. Because now, there is faith from them towards God. God does not need faith from himself to you. He's God. But faith towards God, what faith towards God does is faith, 
towards God. Means it turns you towards God. Right? So as you are growing, you are learning all these things that turns you towards God. Gift of the Spirit. Giving you a sense of being spiritual. Now, turning you towards God means restoring everything that will allow you to begin to function in God's world. Like making you love, making you taste of the spiritual. Knowing about spiritual gifts, knowing the faith, knowing how to pray. Knowing that when you pray, God answers. Right? Giving you gifts of the spirit, tongue, interpretation, uh, seeing visions, right? Uh, Discerning your spirit, which is, you know, you see in the spirit. Gives you, uh, you know, a gift of healings and all those things. When you see that work, oh my God, there's power. What all those things are for is actually to just turn your faith towards God. Meaning that before, before that, you were looking at many things. You are looking at the things which you can see. Then Holy Ghost wants to turn you to begin to look at things you can see. Means it is turning you towards the spiritual. Meaning towards God. Because you can't see God. Right? Faith towards it. Begin to turn you. Begin to shift your... Everything you are thinking. You are no longer just okay with the natural. You are thinking spirit. You are thinking spiritual. You are, you, are, you are meditating on your Bible. You are meditating on scriptures. You are praying. You are engaging yourself in spiritual activities. When prayer comes, you can pray. When you stand to read, you have, you have interest. You have desire to study the word. You begin, and you should be responding to those things. Because God is building frames in you. He's building workings in you. He's building stature. He's building things that would set you for life. So those things are important. Amen. And what is it doing? It is turning your faith, your faith towards God. So you're having an of, an of faith towards God. It is us that need faith towards God. Because we are, we are not towards God. When we are, before we get born again, we have a sense of being serious with God. We are not towards God. Our, our eyes are on many things. On the natural. How to excel. How to, how to, how to be best in your job. How to have the highest job, good paying job, how to excel above. You know those that prayer they used to pray, you excel above your mates. Are my mates Christians too? Should they not excel? You know that, that prayer, you know something taught us yes. how to pray like that. Yes, sir. I'm sorry to say, because I know a lot of elderly people pray that prayer. You will excel above your mate. That prayer is not a good prayer. If you have the knowledge of God, you know that that prayer, there's something about it that is not of God. Why? Because that prayer talks about pride in a way. The pride of life. Because when you are excelled above your, your, your mate, what will happen is that you can tell them, my God is good. I, I, God, God exalted me above all this. They will give testimony. But okay, we will feel good if our, those are our mates, our unbelievers. But here's the funny thing. Unbelievers, are, they, are, they are doing good. Some of them, very rich, richer than even Christians. But Christians will be angry. Not only that, that's not, that's not how to judge God's... <laughs> so here's, here's what... That's, that's all these things. I think Satan has done to the soul. Whereby we, 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 we elevate all those things you see in the natural. But when it comes to spiritual... Do you know that many people don't... don't don't see good thing that before you used to get angry. Mm. 
Now you're no longer angry. They don't they don't see a good thing. But tell them, hold on, I I got a manager a job position at a new new hemisphere uh holdings and my pay is about a hundred thousand dollars and next year they're going to increase it about five hundred to two hundred two hundred thousand dollars i mean i just want to tangle the next thing hallelujah our god is good see god did it for he would do it for you believe in god who exalts that but imagine somebody that said I want to just thank God. Before I used to get angry anyhow. Yeah. But now, I don't longer get angry anyhow. God has been helping me. I've been able to control my anger. You say, oh, well, we thank the Lord for what he has done. Let's just give God praise. Amen. Uh, next person. Just to tell you where our heart is. Because we look at the things that are temporal. You cannot see that what, you cannot see what they need to restore faith back into the soul, into the heart of men. They need to restore those so that all our gaze, and God would use things in the natural that Satan has used to trap us, to also get us back. That is why when you pray, God, I want a new house, he will give you. God, I want a new car, he will give you. God, I want a new phone, he will give you. God, I need money, he will give you. And when you begin to grow, you yourself, you want to say, God, give me a new, you say, shut up there. Are you to you know it? Not that asking for the phone is the issue, but he knows what is in your heart. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The moment it is pure, it's inside need. Let's say you are in this in this day and age, if you don't have a phone, a good functioning phone, you may not be able to reach other people. Now, even you may not be even, even able to do a lot of things that God would want you to do. So you say, Ah, oh God, I need a phone. Sincerely, no, no strangers at us. Don't you think God will give you? He will give you because you need it. But when things are, and the funny thing is, when we just get born again, all kinds of things are attached to what we ask for. So we don't, and and the funny thing about that faith is it's not discriminatory. It will allow those things to flow. It's a sign that we are still babies. Just like when you have a baby and the baby is crying, you say, oh, I need it. Just take, keep quiet. But as the baby begins to grow and has come into judgment in a measure, it's not everything they ask for you get. So as you begin to grow, God will begin to structure your range, judge your heart. When you're about to pray, the things you're about to ask for. Yeah. I know sometimes when we talk about, you know, it's not about, you know, there are things you don't just pray for. You know, we can get that, like, ah, I don't have. Then it's nothing you can pray for. Yes. But we need to be mature in asking. Yes. Yes. When we get born, we are immature. So we ask for anything. Lord, just like me when I was telling you that I needed a car, a gas in my car. I said, Lord, I need it. I need full tank. And he came. There's no loss there because I actually do need tank. And I don't have money. But, I mean, there are things I could ask for. Like, Lord, I want a house. And one thing I now realized is, even some of those things that we ask for, Lord, I need a house. It's not even really God that brings it. Sometimes Satan could bring it. Sometimes we can go and work for it. You say, God, I need a house. But you already have plans. How you are going to get money? How you are going to set everything together to make it happen? It not happen. You say the Lord gave it to us. Lord, we want to thank you. But when you really, really check it, you went to you. You. It's not. Well, if it's truly by faith, you would wait for it. But we know that you you assisted God there. You quickly added one and two and three together. You know. I mean, of course, you put your effort. 
and then they now quote, faith without work is dead. That's not it. We misinterpret scripture too much. They now say, yes, faith without work is dead. When you know, when you really know the workings of faith, you know that that's not the way. Faith is totally absolute, absolute dependence on God for supply. Not that, you know, even what you will do, God will lead you to do it. So when you're talking about faith without works, the works is not about, I want to go and get a job so I can save money. I mean, of course, common sense even tells you to go and do that. Abby? So how is it now you have faith, God? Oh, there are, there are, there are, when you talk about faith, faith is totally living in a world of impossibility. In a world where you know that this thing can only be possible by God. There are times, if it's about, even if it's about getting a house, getting a car, getting uh, a phone, different things you want to get, you don't think the way God will just lead you. Leading, movement, things, then those things will just come around and then you just see supply. Right? That's the way God will move things around you. I know it's by faith. God just, you know, you know, you know God has actually provided this. And most of the time, it's not when those when those things happen, it's not it's not by a certain expectation. Yeah. Right? So for example, now I may have ah, this is it, and I'm I'm done. Let me put my Bible. Right. Now there are certain times we might have an expectation. Certain, for, for example, now let's say, oh, I need a a house with seven bedrooms. It's an expectation, but it's just, it's just, it's not just, maybe there's an actual need for that, right? Not just, you know, I want it, when you say, I want a seven bedroom, and then when you have it, the real reason why you really need it is so that when you take, when, when people come to visit you and they say, oh, this house is a seven bedroom house, awesome, I believe God, God gave it to me. You are beginning to see is insincere things in those things. But a milk, the, what, the, what milk should produce is a sincere heart. Why? Well, because desire the sincere milk of the world. Means your there are some things milk should purify in the heart. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. There's a way things come. There's a way God supply. Live by faith. Let that come. But of course, that does not mean that you should not walk. That does not mean that you should not go to school because that's what most people usually, when, when you hear this thing, that's what everybody means. So are you saying that people, because of it, they should not go to school, they should not get to work? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Do all those things. But there's a way God brings supply. There's a way God leads. There's a way God would supply things and allow things to flow. It's totally dependent on God. Even though you have what you want, but you submit your will to God. You totally submit your will to God. That's, that's what it means. If you have not submitted your will to God concerning the matter, you have not activated faith. Yeah. Because we talk about faith, and then our will is what we run. While you have your will, or what you what, let me not say your will, while you have your what you desire, yeah. learn to flow with God's provision. Hmm. Don't be too don't be too harsh on that, my heart. Ah, Okay, God, what are you saying? What, what are you leading me to? Right? That's, that's the response of faith. So, everything we learn in milk, right, put together, it will begin to raise faith towards God. Training of faith towards God. is a training of faith towards God. Why? It is turning us 
towards God's direction. Amen. Because even though we are born again, our faith, our gaze is on many things. The way Satan has trained our heart, how to expect what we are looking for, our eyes are on many things. Then by the activity of faith, Holy Ghost will begin to teach us how to take our eyes off things that are temporal and begin to move into things that are not seen. Which is why you can believe God. Okay, I need, I need, I need a phone. And God will bring it. So you're beginning to, you're beginning to access things by an unseen things. And because of that, God will re- restore a whole lot of faith. Now you now have faith towards God. So that you cannot begin a relationship. Can, although you've already started a relationship with all those interactions. But then there's another relationship that needs to start once you because you know relationship is in is in phases and measures. There's another one that needs to start once you are now towards God. You're now facing towards God direction. Once you now face that, face God, face towards God, right? Then you begin to learn the faith that Jude talked about. Say, build yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the spirit, right? So there's a faith that is your most holy faith. It's different from faith towards God. Amen. So, all these things that God is you know, giving to us in milk is to ensure that we are built up. We are put to the, we have a frame of a soul that is now beginning to call upon the name of the Lord. That is facing towards God. Also, when you face God, you are, you are able to call upon the name. You know, that attitude Meaning that you've, you, you, you're already tasting and you're knowing that the Lord is good. You know that you can call him and he will answer. You know that you can pray to him and he will respond. All those things are beginning to come together so that there can be a, a, a furtherance in the relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, this is where I'll stop tonight because of time. I think I have, I have taken your time so much and thank God we are, not, well, well, we are kind of in the beginning of the year but We've passed the beginning of the year. You know, I said at the beginning of the year that I was trying to stick to time for an hour, but it's like only God said it is time to move, <laughs> to move further. Amen. Amen. But please, I still, still keep in mind, I still have you guys in mind. I will try as much as possible not to take much time. But, depending on how it goes, you know, it's not, uh, I, I don't have the control over some of these things, you know. I can actually have control over it. I don't have control on any of it. It's, it's just God. And sometimes, when we don't say what we need to say, sometimes it just goes like that. And before it comes back again, only God knows. But thank God that we have been really, really helped tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us are blessed tonight? Are we blessed? Let's just begin to thank the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We thank you for your mercy tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for that which you've said. We thank you for all that you have provided, what you've made available tonight. Father, thank you for the words that you have spoken unto us, and we are exalted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Say we are exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for how you've helped us to, to learn of your word, to even also raise us again in faith tonight. 
Father, be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you continue to help us to keep our gaze of the things that are natural, things that are temporal, that you begin to, to allow us to come into the provision of eternal things that is meant for the soul, for our soul, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for help tonight, that your grace and mercy which you want to install in us, that, that, that which you designed the world for tonight for, Father, will be realized in every soul, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer tonight. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.